Are you one of those people who thinks it's okay to drive stone? I mean, what's the worst that can happen? You end up driving below the speed limit? It's no big deal, right? Wrong. The truth is, your reaction times slow way down when you're high. You not only put yourself in danger, but everyone around you. Talk about a buzzkill. Stop kidding yourself. It's not okay to drive high. If you've been using marijuana in any form, do not get behind the wheel. If you feel different, you drive different. Drive high, get a DUI. Paid for by NHTSA. Now here's a highlight from Coast to Coast AM on iHeartRadio. And welcome back to Coast to Coast. George Norrie with you. As I mentioned at the top of the program, United States troops are going to be withdrawn from Syria. President Trump said the Islamic State ISIS group has been defeated there. I've got some questions about that. Some 2,000 troops have been there, ground troops. will probably still keep some... Uh, air troops, uh, you know, up there, planes and things like that. But the troops, they say the ground troops will be coming out of Syria. We still have them in Afghanistan and Iraq as well. For the next couple hours, Craig Hewlett back with us. He was the speechwriter and special assistant for special projects to Congressman Jack Metcalf at the time. He has been a consultant to federal law enforcement, DEA, Homeland Security for more than 25-plus years. He remains a paid analyst and consultant in various areas of geopolitical, business and security issues, terrorism, military affairs. We've got a whole list of things to talk with Craig about today. We'll start with the Syrian situation. Craig, uh, welcome back. I hope you are ready for Christmas, my friend. Uh, <laughs> not really. We don't really <laughs> celebrate Christmas around here. We buy some presents for the grandkids, but um, we, we don't. We really don't do much celebration around here. I guess that's why I have that reputation of being not very positive. <laughs> I was going to say, you probably jump Santa if he comes down the chimney, right? Well, I would ask him to politely leave. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's good to talk to you and good to have you back. I want to get your reaction for a little bit about uh, us pulling out these 2,000 troops in Syria. And what also confuses me on this story, Craig, is... The president said that the Islamic State, ISIS, has been defeated in Syria. Weren't they the ones we were supporting to fight Assad? Yes. So I, yeah, in, in help fact, me here. There was way too much evidence to, to ever deny that now. We, we even know where we trained them. We trained them in the southern part of Jordan, uh, where Dick Cheney discovered oil in Jordan and handed mm-hmm. it off to Israel rather than Jordan. Um, that area has been used for training these people we call ISIS for a very long time. But unbeknownst to most people in the United States, at least, there's a group out there called ISIS Hunters. And I've researched them in depth for the past couple of months. Uh, They do have an odd, strange blog kind of tweet thing they're doing. But they are a fearsome bunch, and the people that are the fundamentalists that are part of those groups, like Daesh, which I believe is the correct terminology. ISIS doesn't make any sense in in either language, but if you just go ahead and understand them as militant fundamentalist Islamists that want to overthrow secular regimes, then I don't really care what we call them. But the ISIS hunters are the ones that are actually making a great deal of headway, and they are, in large part, mercenaries. And they come from all, all different parts of the Middle East and North Africa. And they're extremely active, but they don't get much press. They don't want much press. But I've looked at some of the backgrounds, and they are a fearsome bunch. And they are taking them on head-on the way you would expect mercenaries to do. They That's get right. paid to do it, and 
believe it or not, ISIS is being paid to do what they're doing. So we're kind of getting a little bit middle ages here. Uh, we're using fewer and fewer government-sponsored troops, actual military personnel. In fact, we have more state security contractors deployed than U.S. active duty military right now. Amazing. Well, now, didn't the Russians, the Iranians, and the Syrians go after the same group that we were trying to defend and protect? Uh, yeah. Uh, Putin's reason for going into Syria was the same reason I argued in 1990 when Bush Sr. went into Iraq and threatened the other um, not very stable regimes in the area. Um, they decided with the Soviet Union's collapse and the Berlin Wall coming down that we could go in, Western powers could go in and take over the Middle East, eliminating seven nation-state leaders, secular leaders, leaders predominantly, in, including their conventional warfare-making capability. We, we, we chose in 1990 to remake the Middle East. Now, I never believed that was a smart thing to do, but, you know, I have no say, and nobody listens to me. Um, I do. But I, th I think, you know, some people in Congress used to, but I don't think so anymore. <laughs> I think we've gone off the rails, because I warned in 1990, go ahead and do what you're talking about doing, but you're talking about Libya, Syria, Iraq, Afghanistan, and those are on the borders of Russian interests and Chinese interests. That's right. And those two countries are not afraid to go to war. They're more prepared to go to war conventionally than any other nations on Earth. And a recent study prepared by the RAND Corporation, asked by the Congress last year, it, in fact, I heard one of the admirals that was part of the study itself that ha helped write part of it. He was on a radio show, very short interview, and he described the U.S. military as not by even a whistleblow chance of defeating Russia or China in a conventional war. And then the argument goes from there. Well, can we win a conventional war without using nuclear weapons? And he said, no. Yeah, that's probably right. So, so what did the president mean when he said the Islamic State has been defeated? That's just nonsense. Um, and that, and Trump's not the only one that does nonsense. I want to be really clear before we go any further. I don't believe Trump is any more of a legitimate president uh, than George Bush Jr., Obama, or Bill Clinton, or ridiculous as it would have been Hillary Clinton. These people are not actually what you think the president ought to be, according to our Constitution. You're just wrong. That, that the power isn't there any longer, and it hasn't been for decades. So, you know, I used to argue 25 years ago, it doesn't matter who's in the White House, this thing we flippantly referred to as the deep state, or some people refer to it as the mm -hmm. dark state, right. of course it exists. Do you actually think people like David Rockefeller or Dick Cheney or... Or George Soros? All those people. Yeah, do you, you actually think that they stop being political when they leave office and go into the corporate world again? No, that's where... That's where they build the power of the corporate empire, and that's what controls everything that matters at the White House level. So when Trump says, you know, I'm going to pull the troops out, he's just as likely in three days to redeploy 5,000 troops. My God. See, I, God I, you know, we're still in... We're, these are not his decisions. We, you know, we, we went into Afghanistan in 2001 in October. We're still there uh, 17 years now. My God. 
We went into Iraq the second time in 2003. We're still there. I, I mean, we never had any plans to leave, did we? No, no, no. There's no exit strategy. No, nobody that looks at military affairs. And, and believe me, you know, I don't read. Uh, I don't read the daily newspapers. I don't listen to CNN or Fox News. I don't listen to any of those people. If I want to understand what's going on politically, economically, and militarily, I go to the sources that report to the government and the people who are interested at that level. I, I don't really care what an opinion maker has to say like Sean Hannity. It just doesn't interest me. I, I, in fact, it depresses me. And I don't, I don't get depressed ever. But, you know, Sean Hannity and Rachel Maddow, I'm just, I have to close my eyes and just say, my God, what's happened here? This is not right. I can't listen to this. Because what's really going on has got nothing to do with what they'll ever tell you. They don't need to tell you, the American people, anything that's true any longer. It's not even, nobody even thinks that way any longer. It's, it's gone so far past it that they could fire Seymour Hersh from the New Yorker and no other newspaper even cared to look at it or question it. He's a, America's only living, great investigative reporter, still breathing. Yep. And what was he working on? Russia. And he got fired because they didn't want him reporting what they knew they were going to report about Russia under the Trump administration. So they just simply fired him. And if they could fire... Seymour Hersh or Dan Rather over George Bush Jr.'s National Guard record, then how vulnerable is free press in this country? Good, good point. Good point. Listen to more Coast to Coast AM every weeknight at 1 a.m. Eastern and go to coasttocoastam.com for more.